You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. The Mets lost again, five in a row now. Brutal out in Atlanta. Of course, I'll recap that game in the first segment, but today is the day. We are crushing Daniel Vogel back today and saying the Mets need to DFA him. It is well past time, and I'm going to break it all down in the second segment. In the third segment, uh, who should be called up in his place and how the playing time should be split to try to reignite this lineup. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, FicklesteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by Burton Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. When you enter the promo code LockedOnMLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Now, another brutal loss for this Mets team. They just once again blow a 4-1 lead. The exact same thing we saw in Game 1 of this series. They've now lost the series to the Braves. They're seven and a half out. They've lost five games in a row. You went from being on cloud nine, sweeping the Phillies just a week ago, being within three and a half games of the Braves, to all of a sudden looking so far away. And and these games have been brutal to watch. Uh, We'll start off in the first inning. Um, The Mets luckily uh, avoid what could have been way, way worse with Pete Alonso. He gets hit in the wrist. Um, and because he has that hand guard and everything, uh, I think that really prevented him from more serious injury, but it was scary. And he had to pull from the game and Braves fans were cheering because Braves fans are classless and they're still upset about yesterday where Pete Alonzo was taunting Bryce Elder saying, you know, throw it again when he hung a slider that he hit 450 feet. And yes, should Alonzo be doing that in that spot, considering the way Mets have been playing baseball? And has it come back to haunt the Mets with the way that these last couple games have ended up, you know, breaking out? F- fine. But to cheer a guy when he's, you know, getting helped off the field or to cheer that he's getting helped off the field, ridiculous. But regardless, though, the Mets were able to scratch one in the first. Brett Beatty with a broken bat single, driving in a run. Starling Marte ends up striking out with uh, you know runners on there, and yeah, you missed out on a, a you know opportunity to score a little bit more. The Mets scratch another in the second inning. Uh, it was a home run from Francisco Alvarez, which he had a very subtle pimp job for him. So we appreciate that, considering everything that happened uh, the day before. Is his ninth of the season. Mets up two nothing. Uh, you know, and then you end up with with Max Scherzer you know, pitching himself out of a jam in the fourth inning where it could have been worse, right? I mean, a lot of traffic and he gets the big strikeout with the bases loaded. 
you score him a couple of runs on a Tommy Pham homer. So again, 4-1 Mets. Everything looks great. He has two outs in that fifth inning. Scherzer does. And then he gives up a hit. Then he gives up a home run to Sean Murphy. He's been great this year. Uh, the Mets still cling to a lead. They go down 1-2-3 in the following inning. And then in the sixth, Scherzer gives up a pair of doubles to even the game. Base hit to lose the lead. So that great run of success that Scherzer's been on falls apart. But I didn't feel like he pitched horribly. Just felt like the Braves, man, every mistake that he made, they capitalized on. It's the difference between a good team and a bad team. And, uh, you know, the bullpen beyond that just couldn't hold on to it because the Mets were able uh, to get back in the game and tie it in the following half. You had a walk from Nimmo, Jeff McNeil with a hit, Lindor with a walk to load the bases, Tommy Pham, great game by him, able to get a ball in the air that was an unbelievable catch by Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, jumping up into the wall should have been a double that scored two or three, and it wasn't. And you know that ends up being the the rally killer. They only get one. Brett Beatty grounds out, and uh, an inning where they should have scored more, they don't. But the game was tied. You get to the eighth inning, and this is where we'll get to Daniel Vogel back in a minute. Sterling Marte leadoff single. Vogelback hits the slowest roller. 86.3 miles per hour, four feet into the ground. Um, minus 38 degrees uh, was the launch angle on that one. Needless to say, it was a worm killer that went so slowly to Orlando Arcia. And he was able to calmly step on second base and throw out Vogelback and beat him by a step or two. And he was booking it down the line. And that is just... Perfect encapsulation of Daniel Vogelback and one of the many reasons why I shouldn't be on this roster, which again, we'll be harping on throughout the show today. Mark Hanna then hit a ridiculous line drive that I don't even know what the expected batting average of that ball had to be. I guess 800 and Michael Harris made an absurd catch on it. And then he had a two run Homer uh, to give the Braves the lead and win the game for him off of Adam Adovino, who's been bad this year. So, just a, another game where the Mets got outclassed entirely. The Braves 14 hits to six for the Mets. Scherzer did a decent job early and then, you know, ends up on the day, though. 10 strikeouts, 11 hits allowed. Rough one, rough one. Um, you know, Brooks Raley gave one. Adovino gave up one. Um, and there you go. That That's the ball game. One of those runs that uh, was on, the run that was on, um, that Adovino tried to strand was charged to Rayleigh, but it was the two run homer to Harris that amounted to the runs the bullpen allowed in this one. So bad bullpen, um, not the best start. Mets score runs, but can't get enough across. And the Braves won a series. And now with Spencer Strider pitching to close this one out, every chance the Mets get swept and fall that much further away. Here's the thing, though. I still feel like this team's not that far away. They are just coming up short, but the rotation has been better. The lineup should be so much better. And eventually, I think there's still enough arms the bullpen can come around. And I'm not saying the Mets can contend in this division. I thought that when they swept the Phillies. I thought, hey, you never know. The season's early. I mean, it's ridiculous to count a team out in June. 
But for a couple weeks now, I've said you got to look more towards the wild card. And here the Marlins are ahead of the Mets. And it would be very Mets for the Marlins to, to make the playoffs over them this year with the Phillies falling out of it entirely. But what you need is you need something to change. You need a spark. And at one point, there was a glimmer of hope of the spark that was provided by the baby Mets, and it's been snuffed out by force-feeding Daniel Vogel back at bats. And at a certain point, what you have to do, if you're Billy Epler, you're this front office, is you need to take the decision out of Buckshaw Walters' hand, admit that you were wrong in the Daniel Vogel back trade, cut him, and move on. And that's what we'll be discussing throughout the rest of the show. Before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. These are incredibly comfortable shorts that are versatile. You can wear them a lot of different places. Uh, I love to wear them on the golf course. Uh, it's a great fit. At times, I would wear like basketball shorts on the golf course, even though it's not proper etiquette. Just wear like a light color and be like, hey, you know, I just like to be comfy. I don't like to wear those, you know, stiff, you know, rigid khakis or whatever type of other, you know golf shorts you're supposed to wear. Now I got bird dogs. So they look like the khakis with the, with the pair that I have, but they're comfortable like basketball shorts. If you want to try some bird dogs, here's what you got to do. You got to go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and enter the promo code locked on MLB. You're going to get a free Yeti style bird dogs tumbler. So again, go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. Use the promo code locked on MLB. You get that free gift of a tumbler. Try the most comfortable shorts ever today the new york mets played the atlanta braves 720 eastern time tonight if you want to catch every pitch in the mets hometown broadcast you can do so with sirius xm on the sxm app just search mets Daniel Vogelback, it has been a brutal stretch for this guy where he's just not competitive at all, at all. And it's getting to the point where I don't understand what the Mets are doing. And here's the issue. It's very similar to the mismanagement of the roster from the outset of not having Brett Beatty break camp. Uh, Because what you do is, you ignore a decision that seems obvious because you're trying to maintain your depth and you're trying to cater to your veterans. And what you do is you put your veterans in a bad situation. So we saw it with the water basketball. He has played so much better when put into a bench role where he's not looking over his shoulder at you know probably every single box score of Brett Beatty turned the cover off the ball in AAA. And in the same process, you could have – put a feather in Beatty's cap for a great spring training, said, you're our guy. And guess what? Some of the growing pains is going through now. Maybe those happen in April instead of May into June. And by June, he's a fully formed you know, MLB regular that's living up to his potential and really helping you at this point. So again, mismanagement of the roster. Last year, how many times did I say, look, J.D. Davis with the Mets isn't going to work. And look, he's had a great year with the Giants. That was never going to happen with the Mets. And instead of, in June last year, giving yourself two months of Mark Fantos on a big league roster, you just did nothing with it, traded J.D. Davis after running him out there every day for Darren Ruff. That didn't work out. And you never found out what you had in Fantos. And again, you're, you're in this position where the guy's putting up 
remarkable numbers in AAA. He is as hot as can be. Confidence level at a 15 when you call him up. And in his first game, he hits a home run that changed the tides of your season for a moment. Now you put him on ice. You put him on ice for, I don't care that his numbers haven't been good. He hasn't gotten playing time. And you're rolling out of Vogelback in a position where every single game he feels like he's playing for his life. What does that result in? Last 15 games for Daniel Vogelback, he's hitting 83. 13 strikeouts compared to 8 walks, 36 at-bats. That's the guy that you're committed to, that you're sticking with? And the body language on this guy is terrible. Terrible. I'm not doing this to fat shame the guy. But there's something that he does as someone who was fat on a baseball field for a lot of my life that I recognize immediately that just shows me he's not a comfortable player or person. And when you feel like the microscope's on you, which I have felt, again, as a fat baseball player. So I am raising my hand right there with you, Daniel Vogelback. There was times where I felt really uncomfortable in the box or playing second base, wherever I was playing on my travel team. And when I'm not feeling good out there, one of the other things I'm thinking about is everyone's looking at me like I'm fat and I'm tugging at my jersey. And I see him constantly tugging at his jersey, pulling it away from his belly. I'm not sure if that's just something he's always done. That's just a tick you have. But to me, he just looks like a shell of himself. The confidence level is at a negative 50. It is gone. He has no confidence. And he knows everyone's ripping him every day, like I'm doing right now. He knows it. This is a guy that if he was cut tomorrow and ended up back in Pittsburgh because he's he's free to sign anywhere, and, and they got an upstart team, and it's quiet out there, and there's no media attention, and you're just on a roster with Jack Sawinski and Andrew McCutcheon and Connor Joe, a little ragtag team that's in first place somehow in the central, continues to contend. And he could go back to being the guy we saw last year. But under this scrutiny, under this spotlight, with everyone this soon, as soon as the lineup is put up every day, everyone is destroying Buckshow Walter, destroying this front office, and commenting about how this guy's terrible. And he carries that into the box with him every time you take a guy that's already going to have some confidence issues and you put him in that position, he's going to suck. And that's what he has done for the past month. And they continue to bash their head in the wall making this decision. I get it. I get why he was out there today. Great career numbers against Charlie Morton. What did that result in? 0 for 3, 1 walk, 1 strikeout. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why you continue to do this. This month, in May, leading into June, forgot what month we're in for a second, I'll be completely honest with you. But in May, he had 175, 319 on base, 263 slugging, 1 home run, 2 doubles. And that home run came on May 7th. And the doubles came on May 1st and May 3rd. Is May 7th the last time he has an extra base hit? He had one double June 3rd. So he's had a double 
between May 7th and now, a double. That's it. That's it. And you roll them out there every single day. It is ridiculous at this point. And I'm telling you, under this current circumstance that I've laid out for you, this guy's never going to succeed this year. And in the process, you've taken a red hot bat. You've parked him on the bench for a couple weeks. The only thing you can do at this point is put the confidence back in Mark Vientos by DFAing Vogelback, putting him in the lineup every day as your DH. That's what you got to do because you know what? At least this kid will give you something. At least he's going to come up there hacking. It's great that Vogelback will draw some walks. But when you need a triple to score him from first, and he's just not swinging the bat looking to drive the baseball at all, give me the kid who's got a chip on his shoulder. Because he's pissed off you haven't played him in two weeks. And give him just like a week. A week. Play him every day for a week. And I bet you in that week he's going to turn a couple of games around for you. The Mets need to lean into their new identity. And I think as much as I've said, the veterans have to have to carry the, you know, the, their weight. Okay, and you see some guys doing it. You know, you see some some good signs with Lindor lately. You see Alonzo be the home run leader. You see Jeff McNeil maybe start to be breaking out of it. Starling Marte has been getting some singles. He's maybe starting to turn it around a little bit, although overall the numbers have still been bad. Tommy Pham actually looks really good. Mark Canna's looked better. There's some positive signs with a lot of these guys. Vogelback, it's a lost cause. And if you clear them out, this roster could make so much more sense, too. That's what I want to talk about next, the move I would make tomorrow. And that goes along with what I would do, you know, who I'd bring up with Vogelback going down. We'll get to that in a minute. First, though, another word from our sponsors. The New York Mets play the Atlanta Braves 720 Eastern time tonight. If you want to catch every pitch in the Mets hometown broadcast, you can do so with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now, if I am Billy Epler, I got to make a move. I am bringing back Guillaume and I'm DFAing Daniel Vogelback. And the reason why I say call on Guillaume is for one, you can finally give Lindor a breather, having a backup shortstop on the roster. Two, You can bring him in for defense. So when you have Eduardo Escobar start at second base against a lefty plays and and, and the lefty pitcher comes out, you can sub in Guillaume for defense. So in that first game against the Braves, um, which wasn't starting against a lefty, it's another, you know, um, story for another day here where they started him against a righty and Bryce Elder and a righty who shockingly enough has been worse against right-handed batters and lefties and, the Mets wanted to get lefties in the lineup, but I neither here nor there. There was a play late in that game that if Guillaume is playing second base, something as a defensive replacement, 
the Mets might hang on to win that one or, or to come back and, and get a late lead. But he's not. Escobar boots one that, you know, again, it's a tough play. But for Guillaume, he's, his reaction time is so much quicker that a play that Escobar dove and it bounced off the heel of his glove, Guillaume probably just gets it on a smooth backhand because he's just on his toes better and just gets better jumps and, and reads on, on balls off the bat. So to have his glove back and to have a bat that you don't necessarily have to play that doesn't get in Mark Vientos's way or even at this point, Tommy Pham's way. I mean, you know what? For what it's worth, I'd play Mark Hanna in left and Tommy Pham at DH every day over Daniel Vogelback at this point. I still think Viento should be getting the run. But you bring Guillaume back, you still have another lefty on your bench that can get on base. Isn't that the only thing Vogelback's doing right now? And he's not doing it? You're not getting any slug from him. So while Guillaume hasn't set the world on fire in AAA in May, which is, you know, his biggest sample size in triple, those 37 at bats, he drew 10 walks. Okay. Got a 458 on base percentage, 297 batting average. Didn't slug much, but he had three doubles. So he's had more doubles um, since May than Vogelback has facing AAA pitching, but still he even homered. June 1st, uh, look, I'm not saying that he's this great bat that you're going to bring back into the fold that should be your starting second baseman. But what I will say is we've seen a lot of games where just having Yorme defensively at second base or Jeff McNeil left field, a really nice lineup to throw out there. Okay, If you want a pitcher um, to be a little more confident on the mound to be able to attack, put a defense with Yorme and Lindor behind him. And again, you're clearing Vogelback, it clears up so much because you don't have this guy that you got to pinch run for. Mark Fiantos isn't fast, but he's not nearly as slow. You don't have a guy that can't face right or left-handed pitching. I mean, yes, you'd want to protect Yorme against lefties for the most part, but he's not a DH option. That's Mark Fiantos, who, again, I have to mention... I think 12 of his 14 home runs this year have come against right-handed pitching. At a certain point, he had to force Buckshaw Walter's hand. And to me, that's the solution. Is it going to change your team overnight? Is it going to fix the bullpen? Is it going to fix the sometimes inconsistent starting pitching? Is it going to you know, make Starling Marta any better? No. But you're not going to have a guy in the middle of your lineup who looks like a shell of himself, picking at his jersey, keeping the bat on his shoulder, and waiting till he gets two strikes on him before he chases for strike three. You're going to get a, you know, was he 24 Mark Vientos, who is trying to prove himself, and, and he's 23, excuse me. A kid that. Proved everything he needed to in AAA. Who, if he didn't bat at all this season and Vogelback did, and you combine minor league and major league numbers, will hit more home runs than Daniel Vogelback already. I don't think Vogelback's clear in 14. Vientos has a chance to put up 14 home runs as the Mets DH over the next you know three months. And... 
really help them. And it's a guy that can go on a heater with the home run ball. So hopefully the Mets come to their senses. And maybe all the playing time he's been getting lately is just proving that there's nothing left to, to look for with Vogelback. I'm going to uh, try to go to sleep now and uh, hope that tomorrow the New York Mets will show a little bit of pride and fight. And with Verlander on the mound, they're able to grab one in this series. And then you go face a, a Pittsburgh team that's pretty good this year and try to do something against them. And I can't wait to watch Colin Holderman uh, be lights out against the Mets so that fans just lose it even more. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition. Locked on Mets. Make sure you follow, rate, and review. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked on Mets. And if you want to catch every pitch in the Mets hometown broadcast tonight, do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.